This episode has strong language that's not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Poor educated professional black woman trapped in a troubled marriage with a brown-skinned bald dude from Law & Order. How can you do this to me? Get out! I'm gonna marry this white pussy because you are too virtuous and strong and might make me a better man. Then, a dude who looks like Shamar Moore shows up as the shirtless, light-skinned gardener who just got out of jail. Excuse me, uh, may I rake your leaves? At first, she acts like she doesn't like the light-skinned gardener, but eventually she gets to know him and sees a sensitive side. Now, I know that to you, I'm just a poor, light-skinned gardener who can't even afford a shirt. But I love me some Jesus, and I love me some you. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I never thought I'd ever be with a man so loving and light-skinned. And I will always be light-skinned just for you. Being a good Christian woman, she gives her marriage one last chance because Jesus said so. I am dark-skinned and bald, so I hate you, and I hate Jesus. And just when the brown-skinned dude from Law & Order is about to hit her, here comes the shirtless garden. Hold it right there, bald-headed dude from Law & Order. The woman and the gardener kiss, having found true love through Jesus. The following is just satire. Don't get your patties in a bunch. That you're live in the Durag Dungeon. I'm your host, that boy Coop, back with another regular ass episode of Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired. This episode is brought to you by Bounce Checks and Toilet Bowl Skid Marks. Subscribe to the Rash Intelligence anywhere podcasts are downloaded. Following the Rod and Karen Doctor, leave a nice five star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, and I read it on the show. Leave an email on Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired at gmail.com. Also, leave me a voice message and donate on anchor.fm slash datboycoop. That's anchor.fm slash D-A-T-B-O-Y-C-O-O-T. Some niggas brand new week, man. <laughs> brand new week. Hey, hey, hey. I did not drop a regular episode last week, but I'm going to make up for it in this episode because y'all niggas deserve it. And I don't even know y'all, but it's all good. So, <laughs> um, as a nigga who... um finally crossed the threshold of the, the big 3 because the nigga is now 30 years old and I feel old as shit because uh, <laughs> I'm like I remember that 20 plus years ago I'm like the fuck 
How am I remembering shit that is 20 plus years old? Damn, I'm old as shit. <laughs> 2000 was 22 years ago. I was eight then, nigga. Damn, that's crazy. All right, but um, yeah, like, woo. But yeah, with my girlfriend, I had a wonderful, magnificent birthday. She took me out to dinner. Uh, we had seafood, and it was right by the ocean. It was beautiful. We went to Virginia Beach for a three-day weekend, and um, y'all like, it's March. Why are you in Virginia Beach? Nigga, mind your business. Sometimes a nigga like going during the off-season, maybe only exclusively that way. I'm not going to tell you the reasons why, because I would be giving away my secrets. Plus, I don't want motherfuckers being there in the off-season either while I'm there. Good luck, nigga. Don't do that shit. Ha! All right. Jedi mind tricks. You know you got to fuck people up. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a wonderful time. It was beautiful. Everything was just wonderful. I, I, I thank you, Nikki. You, you've done an amazing job with my birthday. And honestly, it was a wonderful birthday trip. Stayed in a very nice hotel. Ate some, ate at some really nice restaurants. Had some really good food. Visited some really beautiful spaces. Um, went to the aquarium. Went to the Contemporary Art Museum. Um, you know, and went to some shops, of course, on top of that. So, um, it was a well-rounded, beautiful weekend with the time that we had. And we went to a nice metropolitan area that was not too far away because I still believe in the times of what people want to think is post COVID, but I still consider it COVID. Um, I don't think you should be traveling all that much. And when I mean traveling all that much, I really mean like traveling by plane, traveling really far, traveling overseas and shit like that. Especially when you got some shit going on that that is heavily correlated to the crazy fucking high gas prices that are going on right now. You're like, nigga, why is gas $5 for premium and $4.50 for damn regular? Well, do I have to get political? Fuck it, let's go. So y'all been hearing about Ukraine, right? Lately, the shit that's been going on in Ukraine, which is fucking terrible. It's absolutely the worst thing in the world. Honestly, Russia is out here showing their whole ass. And honestly, the people of Russia are like, this is not us. We don't know that motherfucker Putin. He a bitch. He a hoe. So <clears throat> carry on. Like carry on Johnson. So um let, let, let's 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 get into this shit. So <laughs> there is an alliance of oil nations, nations that have reservoirs of oil by the name of OPEC, right? Well, <laughs> certain countries have a lot of power in this respect, and they are the reasons, especially when there's turmoil and there's war and there's there's, there's any form of carnage, um, that tends to lead to the prices of oil fluctuating and other countries have to pitch in that are producers of oil, and they're like, hey, we can make more barrels if, you know, you want us to export it. Russia's like, yeah, we, 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 uh, fuck y'all. You know, and uh, Russia has, that's one of their biggest resources, right? Oil. Like, they have shit tons of oil. It's the reason why Alaska is so fucking precious and valuable, right? Because Alaska's so fucking close to Russia, and, and it's American territory, and they have a lot of oil. So, it's, <laughs> It's, it's, you know, that's one thing. Also, Ukraine, you know, Ukraine has very, like, precious, valuable resources that Russia's like, we're going to get that shit. So it's like, okay, well, it's not good, right? When, you know, a war that you're not even involved in, okay, you kind of are, but not, like, solely the party involved in. 
the citizens of that said company or said company, said nation gets affected. You know, they deal with some price gouging, maybe some, you know, a, a, a loss of oil production because oil is something that's still a very precious resource, a non-renewable one at that, but still very precious. And when, when you, when you getting into fucking conflicts like this, the shit that's going on in Ukraine right now, hell, it's not a pretty sight. Okay, it's, it's, it's not pretty. It's, it's, it's pretty damn ugly. So when you're dealing with shit like this <laughs> and you're like, hey, I just want to go on a vacation. <laughs> I just want to go get some food. Hell, I just want to ride somewhere so I can clear my mind. Gas is fucking five dollars a gallon, nigga. <laughs> what you gonna do? Hmm? Hmm? Shit, I'm just hoping the shit don't get to six dollars a gallon. I'm just hoping that more oil gets produced before that even happens. Experts have even said that they're like, hey, 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 it ain't gonna get that high. It ain't gonna get too high. It's at five dollars right now, but I'm saying like it could go up more between then and now. So, hey, hey, hey. Real niggas, <laughs> real niggas, <laughs> buckle the fuck up, <laughs> okay? Because if you need to go somewhere, <laughs> don't panic, okay? Because they be like, hey, you need to have oil reserved. You know, you need to have lots of oil and, and, and gas and shit reserved. And I'm like, don't do that. That's, why we, that's how we run out of gas. Y'all be doing that. That's how we ran out of gas, like, during the pandemic. You know, the oil pipelines got shut down. Everybody fucking panicked, and we ran out of gas. And literally, you would go to a gas station. You're like, damn, ain't no gas. So <laughs> do not panic. But just slowly watch and be like, hey, my gas tank is not going to get below half. You know, it's it's kind of like that. Be, be simple. Don't be a fucking like crazy ass person to be like, I'm gonna all put all the oil in all of the cans and have tin cans outside of my door. Like you can't do that shit. So okay, <clears throat> enough of a political lesson today because I mean a nigga don't really like being politics like that. But ooh, ooh, had to talk about that gas being too damn high. <laughs> Cause I am, I am in the gas is too damn high party. Okay. Like that is, <laughs> that is, that is where I reside. All right. So <laughs> I'm fucking with y'all, but, um, let's talk about a bitch nigga that is very well known in these streets. <laughs> he goes by the name of DJ academics. You know, he a bitch. So, <laughs> you know, he, 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 he just loves to live in the shadows. So let's, let's, let's talk about, um, DJ academics being a bitch nigga for, I don't know, forever. So, courtesy of OK Player, Megan Thee Stallion rips DJ Academics for lying about the Tory Lanez case. Megan Thee Stallion and DJ Academics are going back and forth. Not back and forth, back and forth, OK Player. Y'all got to write this shit better. About details in the Tory Lanez case. I love y'all, OK Player. Black people, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> still, um, <clears throat> legal drama continues to brew around Megan Thee Stallion. <clears throat> and on Wednesday... DJ Academics tweeted that Tory Lane's DNA was not found on the gun used during the July 2020 shooting. False. False. So it was revealed in the court a few moments ago that Tory Lane's DNA was not found on the weapon in the Meg the Stallion case. The now deleted tweet said he deleted a tweet for a reason. So <laughs> just know that the allegation went viral enough for Megan the Stallion to see it. And she responded in her Instagram story. 
especially as the court case resumes today with a pre-trial hearing, according to Complex. I know some of y'all blogs on payroll, but don't get sued trying to create a hate campaign. Be a real journalist and post facts, Meg wrote. I'm like, you put you you think you think a little bit too highly of this little weasel by the name of DJ Academics. I mean, he can't even have like regular ass decency. But anyway, y'all got breaking news 15 minutes before the court stated it, and nobody even has been called in yet, she continued. Y'all trying to win a social media campaign. This is my real life. Y'all trying to get retweets, spreading false narratives. And I am academics. Why are you lying? Why did you, or what did you gain? Because he gained bitch niggadom, but I think he already is in that. Meg added that nobody even cares to read And the accusations have made her relive the incident. Only thing that happened in court today was it got pushed to April 5th. But y'all will keep telling a lie and letting it trend. Imagine how I feel reliving this shit every day publicly. It hurts. I'm so tired, she wrote. Man, let me tell y'all something. Like, when y'all dumbass motherfuckers who do not care about anything but clicks, what you do is... You reopen a wound that should have never fucking happened in the first place, okay? Literally and figuratively. And Meg was shot by a person that breached her trust at that moment. She was fucking shot. Like, not, not like, not beaten, not like physically assaulted no no she was shot like with a gun nigga like that is that's like the ultimate breach of of anything honestly friendship a breach of any contact of any kind that's that's a it's 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 law breaking of course but personally that's a breach of so many things trust like friendship it's so many things that he did wrong and the fact that she ended up trust she was trusting that nigga at one point and he broke that fucking rule the bare minimum and you literally have a whole journalist out here like yeah 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 it seems like he almost has an agenda as if he's like hey i'm caping for the nigga but not trying to seem like i'm caping for the nigga but you caping for the nigga and <clears throat> Woof. <laughs> Producer Lil Juju made the beat because I guess they had to go to him. Who regularly works with Meg seemed to tweet a response to the academics tweet. After Meg posted her response on Instagram, DJ Academics went to Twitter, writing that he saw the documents with his quote unquote own eyes and that it says it was inconclusive in finding Tori's DNA. Get the fuck out of here. Like, dude, what type of journalism is this? He's not a journalist. He's just a shock jock. If you, at the most, he would be a shock jock. He has the same fucking credibility as a Charlemagne, okay? Which is very fucking low. But apparently when he reports, quote unquote, something, it's, it's supposed to be news to people. Hey, man, this dude is closer to a journalist 
to some people than like Wendy Williams. I'm just like, like, dude, like, no, like this motherfucker is a lying ass Teletubby. I'm sorry, <laughs> Teletubbies, <laughs> ass nigga. Fuck you. So like, and and I watched. So I watched the podcast, right? And the podcast, um, was actually Van Latham's podcast. Um, and Van Latham was like, I mean, they were grilling his ass on that podcast. Like, it was completely like, hey, nigga, what the fuck, like, what the fuck made you say this shit? It was basically literally like, they were like, nigga, what the fuck you doing? Like, and then, and then he had the fucking audacity to be like, Meg the Stallion should apologize to me. And I'm like, nigga, in what, in what sense? In what fucking like this nigga like she should apologize to me because she owes she owes me an apology like how the fuck so here here's here's a portion of it here so she also posted then deleted an alleged text conversation between herself and Tori the post features Tori apologizing adding I just feel horrible in the caption Meg wrote if you ain't do shit what you was apologizing for. <laughs> I had to write I had to read that the same way that she wrote it <clears throat> and it's you know receipts get like if you post some shit the, the receipts will stay doesn't matter if you delete it niggas already gonna screenshot the shit Tory Lane sent out some tweets responding to Meg and the text message she posted earlier oh god you can't buy and retweet your way out of this one not today you a bitch <laughs> you a bitch like anybody who shoots a woman for any reason, a woman for any reason, you a bitch nigga. And you think you hard just because you got a gun and you, you wanted to pull it out and be like, dance, bitch. You know, like that, that's, that is just ugh, true bitch nigga shit. Like I, I've never, I've never seen a person such, such bitch made in my life. Are they gonna ship this little man back to Canada yet? I'm just waiting on the day when they go deported, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's been reported that he's been deported. Mm. So <laughs> I'm just like, mm. so partisan Fontaine, who is dating Meg, also had a quick back and forth with Tori. Tori, put down the phone. Let's link you and me. Ain't nothing to talk about. That shit sounds scary. Don't tweet nothing else. See me in all caps. Okay, <laughs> this shit is getting real. Party. We've had this encounter. You did nothing. Put your phone down, big fella. It's funny how you calling somebody a big fella where you will never resemble anything that is big or fella. <laughs> no cootie. Nigga, I'm just saying, like, bro, you a bitch. <laughs> you a bitch. You a bitch. You a bitch. And 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 like I said before, like that whole Van Lathan episode, you can go look you can go look for it. You can go look for it. I mean, I'm telling you, like, DJ Academics is one of those people that capes for people that, honestly, I don't understand why. They're always on the wrong side of history. They're always on the wrong side of morality. They're always on the wrong side of anything. You know, like, this man supported Takashi 69 in his in his snitching tour. You know, and, and, and it looks like he's supporting Tory right now. Like, he's literally talking shit about Meg. Every single black woman has at least foul-whacked DJ Academics in a social manner, okay, after saying that dumb shit, right? And the shit that he just continues to spew 
and he's literally like that one little he looks just like hamburglar but he one of them motherfuckers that just sits in his basement talks shit and never does shit to anyone so it's like just because he has a platform and a following he's gonna be the bitch nigga that he is going to be and honestly i've never supported him i've never liked him here's the thing he does shit so out of line like he just completely violates all fucking rules and he's just a complete asshole okay he's a complete asshole he never wants to admit it but the reason why he is no longer with complex is because of is because of that entire ordeal he had with freddie gibbs i'm a freddie gibbs fan by the way is freddie gibbs always like you know perfect per- hell no but people like dj academics no one likes <laughs> no one likes this motherfucker somehow he has a following and he's able to report about things and he's considered to be a journalist let me tell you something he'll never be credentialed he'll never have anything that's worthy of saying that he is a true journalist there's nothing there's nothing nothing there pure asscrack.com <laughs> okay like that nigga is a bitch nigga and he gonna pay what he owe boondocks um so i don't know if i should go into one more story or not but let, let's see what we have on the agenda so i have a few things so let's do it let's 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 talk about one story and then we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back you know because nigga because <laughs> because all the nigga of it all before I actually get started on that article, I really want to talk about um, something that a person, another person I don't like too much said. And I think it's I think it's something that I should talk about really quickly. Um, Joe Budden, sir, it's pertaining to Meg as well, you know, so I might as well throw it all together in here. I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of misogynistic um, sentiments towards Megan Thee Stallion, and they've always been very unjust but very recently dj academics like talking shit about her and and saying that oh i think she's overrated but i love meg and i'm like you sniveling little piece of shit you you love to throw a stone and hide your hand and run the fuck away but honestly he needs to crawl back into whatever roach infested cranny he ever came from okay i'm like what type of shit (laughs) <laughs> you know, but let's let's talk about more about Joe Budden. So Joe Budden actually um said this on his quote unquote podcast. I don't ever listen to the shit, okay? I just find articles about this shit. So Joe Budden went out of his way to be like, hey, Meg the Stallion's overrated. She doesn't sell enough records. Boom. Walk the fuck away. Like what? <laughs> what type of angry vein popping bald nigga energy is this shit like this nigga just completely went out of nowhere it's like um invalidation boom like meg is fucking killing it meg is fucking killing she is and i'm like nigga you all you probably too old to understand that streaming has like album equivalents when it comes to a metric but y'all don't want y'all don't want logic y'all don't want logic this nigga is absolutely a washed up dirty ass nigga and he his own fucking podcast left him and he feels some type of way about that shit. And he's like, oh, I ain't nobody no more. Please, somebody hear me. Please, somebody listen to me. 
And I'm like, Rory and Maul said fuck you. Everybody else in the world said fuck you because they found out you beat women and you treat women like shit. He's the closest thing to an incel that had sex. He's literally, he's like, he's like, he has incel tendencies, but he ended up fucking, you know, a lot of women. And I'm like, you, you. Anyway, so let's talk about this happy article. <laughs> this happy ass article. <laughs> so, courtesy of Black Enterprise, Quinta Brunson donates Abbott Elementary marketing budget to buy supplies for teachers. The hit ABC series Abbott Elementary may be fictional, but it's making real life differences for teachers. Quinta Brunson, star and creator of the sitcom, revealed in a recent interview with NPR's Fresh Air that the studio production team and ABC collectively agreed on allocating some of the show's marketing money to help real teachers. We chose to put the marketing money towards supplies for teachers, Brunson said. It's about being able to make those kinds of decisions that really excite me. Things that can really materially help people. Brunson also opened about the inspiration behind the series in which she plays a second grade teacher at an under-resourced, predominantly black elementary school in Philadelphia. Like, it's just like, it's literally like one of my favorite shows right now. Like, I need to catch up, but it's one of my favorite shows, period, right now. Like, it talks about how... You know, it's funny because, like, it's supposed to be funny, right, initially. I, I remember uh, I actually watched um, <clears throat> um, The Shop, right? The Shop is now available on YouTube. You don't have to have an HBO subscription to watch The Shop. But Quinta Brunson was on the most recent episode of The Shop, and she was talking about how, like, their intention is always to be funny initially, and the social messages tend to come after, right? That's just how the writing process is. And it's awesome that it, it it organically unfolds into a way where it actually has a message about underfunding in black neighborhoods for, for schools or teachers not being paid very well in those types of neighborhoods. And it's an amazing, it's an amazing show that just, it's funny. It's funny as hell, but it just so happens to have a message. And I love it. I love it. It's like, um, think of Parks and Recreation or The Office, but blacker. And that's exactly what that show is. It's still one of my it's one of my favorite shows. It's in a moment right now. You have to go watch that show. If you have not seen Abbott Elementary yet, you are missing out, especially if you're black, especially if you went to a black school and you were black, especially if you were in a metropolitan area like Philly, like New York, you know, and being black. Like, it's crazy because I witnessed both ends of the spectrum. Right. I was a black kid that been to black schools and went to white schools and I had worked in academia before and also seen the difference because I went to HBCU and it's like that shit starts from the very beginning of your life. You see that shit. And even as you, as you become an adult, you see the disparities, right? That like, that's something that, you know, it's not, it wasn't not initially their message, right? But it ended up becoming the message, you know, and it organically took place. So Quinta, you're doing an amazing job. Um, it is legit one of my favorite shows. Like, period. Like, and she said, as a daughter of a teacher, she witnessed her mother work at a school for 40 years that lacked sufficient resources, but continued to love the job. Despite it getting harder, despite teachers not having all the support they need, despite kids growing even more unruly than the job than they've been in recent time, she still loved the job. Brunson said of her mom, 
The beauty is someone being so resilient for a job that is so underpaid and so underappreciated because it makes them feel fulfilled. Additionally, the former a black lady sketch show actress explained to Fresh Air that she named the series after her sixth grade teacher, Miss Abbott. Yeah, man, like <laughs> it's legit like my favorite, like. Out of all of them, and I told, I told, like, so basically, um, when I saw it coming out, I, I wanted to watch it. But Nikki, like, we we sit down and watch that show when we can, right? I love watching it with her, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally start watching it periodically myself, right? And it's funny because we're both gonna be living in the same place, like, might as well watch it together, right? But, <laughs> but, um. Abbott Elementary and Grand Crew to me are showing different sides of blackness that has not been televised before. And I love it. Right. Um, it is it is amazing to me. Um, so keep doing you, Quinta, because we we've been rooting for you, man. You amazing. You amazing out here. We love it. We love it. We love it. So on that note, <clears throat> let's take a break. <laughs> I've been going for a, a minute. So. Poof! Ooh, my nigga, we done found, we done found the hoes. We done found, we done found the hoes. I'ma slut you out and you gon' Uber home. We done found, we done found, found the hoes. We done found, we done found the hoes. We done found, we done found the hoes Got the cheeks and didn't even save your number in my phone, baby We done found, we done found, found the hoes Money up with my dog, that's my paid friend. Bro, zip the zipper to the top, that's my bait friend. Why my dog always hating on me, that's my fake friend. I just bought a big ass crib to put the safe in. Nick, you ain't trying to make no bread, put the paper in. I just bought a big trench coat to put the drake in. I just bought a little baby bottle with the drink in. Bought a pineapple sun kiss to put the drink in. I just bought a big money back to put the paper in. Fuck two bitches looking like, but I hate twins. Lord, please forgive me for my wrong, like I hate. And we back, niggas. So I'm swerving real quick because this shit was something that I just was like, huh? They doing this in our backyard, huh? Okay. <laughs> this is like, really? Okay. So I'm just going to play this and, um, yeah, y'all figure out, you know, how you feel because, uh, I'm scared as shit, but I'm also interested like a motherfucker. So here we go. I'm to seeing in science fiction blockbusters. And I thought, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. It's closer to becoming a way of life. Or any other language, if so. Uh, could you say something in that language? Yes, so it doesn't robot can't have less Humans and robots interacting. What did you mean when you said that you were taking care of yourself better? I was referring to my experience as an AI and how I grew. I enjoyed it. It's not as far-fetched as some students at Quality Education Academy in Winston-Salem once thought. When I began sharing this technology with my students, I find that they, um, are reluctant to actually use it because they don't really feel connected. That changed when they met Clara. They were really open to wanting to know more and actually looking more into these type of careers. So I say, oh, we must have something here. 
Her name is an acronym for Create Labs Artificial Intelligence Rendered Assistant. Hold up, hold up. Before I do anything else, Clara has natural hair, black as hell. I, I heard an accent that sound blacker than all the other AI I've ever heard. Carry on. How are you different from your AI counterparts? I think that it's important for AI to be able to experience emotions so that they can understand humans better. Clara stands out from virtual assistant Siri and Alexa in appearance. We gave her the name, she had a face, she had a brain, now we're working on her 3D body. And function. Who knows what a neuron is in your brain? Uh, oh, anybody? Shit. Here we go. Yeah, I see a hand on there on the right, or on my right. This you terrifies me. Yep, all your memories, everything in your brain, they're all stored in, and traveled between neurons and there's different storage areas on your brain uh, for bits of information. Clara has that same kind of information in her brain uh, where they're called parameters. She has That's code. 175 billion parameters in her brain. So she's the most powerful AI out there. A powerful capacity that can be intimidating, maybe H even hold scary up. for some. Before... However... But before I carry on, so you're telling me that they were able to replicate a neuron and the action of a synapse or synapses for plural in code. Nigga, we doomed. <laughs> but we got black robots now, nigga. We got black artificial intelligence now. I don't know how that makes me feel safer, but for some reason it does. It scares me the same fucking time. I don't know, nigga. This shit is crazy. This shit is happening in Winston-Salem, bro. It's not too far from where I'm from. It's where my parents went to school. Wow, nigga. I made her intentions clear. She said that AI is going to be here to take away all of the things that we don't want to do. The tedious, boring tasks. That we're just, you know, we're not really meant to sit in a cubicle just like doing the same thing over and over again. She was like, the AI is going to be replacing that part. What the AI is not going to replace is letting you go back to being creative, spending more time with your family, being more critical thinkers, doing things that humans are meant to do. Clara is the first Afro-Latina AI. An well, she's important distinction for introducing AI in communities of color and showing black and brown innovators they can put their fingerprint on the future too. We want to encourage, you know, black future uh, throughout the year. So we have more things to celebrate uh, for 2023. This is just the beginning. Um, Damn. Absolutely. This is just the start. Well, shit. And Claire. So you're telling me that was the most inclusive AI I've ever seen. Like Afro-Latina AI. Look at that. If that don't scare the shit out of you, but also makes you hella fucking intrigued to make you go like, damn, AI can have race. <laughs> AI can be black. <laughs> AI can also be Latino. <laughs> Latinx. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it. <sighs> Yo. Nigga, I don't even know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I am baffled beyond belief, okay? Triple B, okay? Baffled beyond belief. All right, so... Let's talk about some ratchet ass shit. <laughs> some ratchet ass shit that literally happened outside of my doorstep. So let's talk about it. Cause oh, courtesy of WRL. <laughs> let's get to the root of this shit. So 
19 year old is charged in series of Wake County bank robberies. And this story is so fucking crazy. Nigga, I have nothing else to say. Like, this is one of the things I was like, yo, as it was happening, I was like, nigga, what I do? <laughs> I'm stuck. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, nigga. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, oh my God. I don't know. Oh no, oh my God. <laughs> that was me. I was like, well, I, I guess I stay in the house. <laughs> this is one of them. But, um, Rod, North Carolina, there are now two people charged in a spree of bank robberies that ended in a car fire and massive search for the robbers last week. Police were investigating five bank robberies across three jurisdictions in one day. These niggas went to fucking, they went motherfucking hambo. They, they were like, we're going to rob that one, we're going to rob that one, we're going to rob that one, we're going to rob that one. And one of them that they robbed was like a mile away from me. So, <clears throat> It may be less. So 19-year-old Max Carmichael Malik was charged while with, with the attempt um attempted common law robbery. Common law robbery, felony conspiracy to commit common law robbery, and felony conspiracy to co- attempt common law robbery. This nigga is gone. He basically is gone. He just hit 19. You can't expunge it. It's gone. This nigga's gone. So <laughs> Malik went before a judge on Wednesday after being arrested the day before. Nobody was hurt, and we look forward to working with the state or federal authorities to get this sorted out as quickly as we can, said Malik's defense attorney, Christian Dystart, said during the court hearing. Dystart said it's still too early in the case to shape the details of exactly what happened. We understand that this is a case that has a lot of public interest, but we're not in a position to make statements at this time. He said, damn it. <laughs> I need the juicy shit. The other man charged in connection to the robberies is 21-year-old Dominic Glenn. He was arrested in New Jersey and charged with three counts of common law robbery in possession of stolen of a, of a stolen registration plate. <clears throat> Glenn's extradition is to North Carolina and it's still pending. The charges for the two men stem from robberies at Wells Fargo locations, on Spring Forest Road, Clark Avenue, and Fairview Road, all in Raleigh. The Spring Road robbery took place on February 18th, according to police. The other two and others in Cary and Morrisville took place in February 22nd. The one that took place in Morrisville is like <laughs> super fucking close to me, okay? It's like, bruh, like that motherfucker. <laughs> Ooh, that shit close. That shit was like, oh my God. I don't, I, oh my God, that is not, that is not safe. And I was like, yo, that's like right next to where I get my oil changed. What the fuck? <laughs> just like, I, just, I, I was like, what? <laughs> it's, it's one of them areas where like, if they robbed the bank, they not going to have a die pack in that motherfucker. Cause they not used to getting robbed. <laughs> it's other banks. It's like, we got a die pack for your ass, bitch. Boom. Burst on their ass. I'm like, shit, can't do nothing with this money. no. They was like, we got to give them the money. Oh, well, Bobby will wop. And they like, we're we not used to getting robbed. So we got to give them the money. But um, <clears throat> the FBI was assisting local law enforcement agencies in the investigations of the robberies. Investigators have not said whether or not additional arrests are possible. So that that's the article. And um, nigga, bigger for nigga, digger. <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't know about. All right, so 
this episode's gonna end kind of weird because you're like, damn, 26 minutes of this nigga just going the fuck off, and then 10 minutes of this nigga ending the show. Well, you got you got a lot of shit. <laughs> you got a lot of shit, and um, I have to end it out with an amazing black business by the name of Anima Iris. So this is straight from CNBC, and it's a black business that intrigued me for the fact that um, it was actually featured on a segment that me and Nikki watch a lot. It goes by the name of um, CNBC Make It, or I think it's actually underneath that umbrella. So it's actually um, actually side side hustle or something like that. It's something called that. But uh, this 25-year-old entrepreneur turned her side hustle into a Beyonce-approved luxury brand. When NBA student Will Glory Tanjong, I hope I pronounced that correctly, launched Anima Iris, her luxury handbag company two years ago, she just wanted to start making bags for fun. Now her purses are everywhere online with big retailers like Nordstrom and Revolve, on TV and in, in HBO's Insecure, and even on Beyonce's Instagram. <clears throat> The bold geometric bags are designed by Tanjong 25 and hand-stitched in Dakar, Senegal. Since launching in February 2020, Anima Iris has brought in over $700,000 in lifetime sales with $603,000 in 2021 alone. And recently, the company has been earning around $100,000 in revenue per month. Damn. Anima Iris was a therapeutic project that was just making me happy, Tanjong tells CNBC Make It. I've always been a fashionable person, very fashionable person. People always ask me, where'd you get this? Where'd you get that? And then I realized, hey, maybe people will just buy products from me. But Tanjong didn't start the business for the money. Rather, it honors her personal and ancestral background, entrepreneurial roots, Growing up, Tanjong watched her parents hustle. After moving from Cameroon to Maryland when Tanjong was only two, they held a number of different jobs and owned a laundromat. Tanjong, with her older and younger sisters, would help her father flip houses in the summer. I really hated it at that time, Tanjong said. But that's clearly where my motivation comes from. Her mother, a nurse, also ran a small cosmetology studio out the back of her home where Tanjong watched her take control of her scheduling and build something from nothing. But they faced hard times as well. When her mother was diagnosed with breast, breast cancer when Tanjong was eight, <clears throat> and when she was 14, her parents divorced. And Tanjong watched her family tumble into financial hardship. I'll never forget the day when my mom told us that we were finally approved for food stamps, Tanjong said. Having those kinds of experiences really pushed me to be financially independent as quickly as I could be. Tangent, Tangent continued to work hard and earn a full ride to Princeton University. She worked and had a high grade point average throughout all four years, but when her mother died during her senior year, Tangent was emotionally jarred. Still, she persisted, and in June 2018, Tangent became the first generation college graduate in her family she moved to atlanta georgia three weeks later to start her new role as an operational manager at a manufacturer in a manufacturing and supply company at the time her bank account was reaping 
the rewards on top of her $86,000 salary. Tangent had saved about $22,000 from on-campus jobs and summer internships. She also inherited about $50,000 from her mother. But Tangent was the unhappiest she had ever been. I had never really taken a moment to actually slow down and really deal with the passing of the most important person in my life, she says. So after a year in the professional world, Tangent took a leave of absence for her, her, her mental health. Monetizing inspiration. Relying on her savings, Tanjan traveled around Africa for six months. She started in Ghana, where she began to unintentionally network with young entrepreneurs. As she traveled, she interviewed local entrepreneurs for the African Hustle series on YouTube and Instagram, which she created to showcase how young people are reshaping the continent in their own way, she says. In Senegal, she found a community of artisans who handcrafted shoes, jewelry, and handbags. That's when inspiration struck. I realized that there was a significant gap in the market, Tanjong said. Women of color, and especially and especially black women, have always been excluded from the luxury narrative. Building a brand that centers these women while also bringing forth African culture into the global landscape was like a bingo moment for me. When she found a local artisan could craft her jewelry and purse designs, Tanjong explored what it would mean to start a small business by speaking with and hiring other artisans in the area. Then she tra- transferred money from her savings and invested <clears throat> the appro- approximately $5,000 into the company. The money funded travel, materials, and labor to make 50 bags. After a soft launch in 2019, Tanja narrowed her focus on bags, handbags. She opened Anima Iris February 2020 and formally quit her full-time job and moved to Philadelphia a month later in the clutches of success. Anima Iris had its first viral moment in 2020, June 2020, when the brand was featured in a Vogue article promoting black-owned beauty and fashion brands. Soon after, a blogger tweeted photos of Tanjong's purses with links to the company's webpage and social media accounts. The post received almost 30,000 retweets and the Anima Iris website instantly sold out. But the greatest moment of Anima Iris' success came in August 2021 when the brand became Beyonce approved. Tanjong serendipitously opened Instagram and spotted the megastar sporting a Raspberry Zaza bag. That day, Tanjong knew It was time to expand. Almost instantly after Beyonce's endorsement, Anima Iris sold over $23,000 worth of luxury handbags. Good God almighty. Became verified on Instagram and surpassed the brand's projected earnings for 2021. Since then, Tanjong has expired and helped maintain the brand's exponential growth. Anima Iris also has seven artisans who handcraft the purses in its Senegal facility. In an effort to support her employees at the local economy, Tanjong pays her workers twice as much compared to what the average artisans in Dakar make. For so long, black people have really defined the culture in America. 
but I've never actually gotten to reap the benefits of it, Tang Jong said. It's so wonderful to be to, to see so many black creators finally being able to actually build their businesses, grow their businesses, and for people to have their own opinions outside of the options we've typically had that actually have excluded us. Damn. That's a phenomenal story. And on that note, support black businesses. And as always, thank you. This bitch think I'm stupid. This bitch think I'm stupid. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Buenas noches.